Welcome to episode six. I want to talk to you about another question I get asked often, which is kind of along the lines of what do you do? And no, they're not asking me about my career. An example is prior, so I am a full-time teacher. Prior to being that, I did one of my practicums in a high school French class. It was super fun. You know, the kids are a bit older than what I teach now, so they can interact a little bit more. But they also really didn't watch what they asked me at times. And I have this clear memory of one class prior to starting the class. A girl just came up to me and asked if I had kids. So I said no. Then she asked if I was married. To which I said no. And oh, there's only one question left, kid. She asked if I had a boyfriend. To which I said no. She was super weirded out and asked, what do you do with all your time? I laughed and, you know, said stuff. Because let's be honest, teachers do not like sharing their personal lives with students just in case they actually learn stuff about you and can hold it over your head or something. And if she were to ask me that now, obviously she's not my student, well, I'd tell her, well, what do I do with my life? I work, I work out, and I sit on my couch watching MTV's The Challenge Or really any TV show that's actually quite lame. I'm a bit of a reality show junkie. I really don't live an exciting life in general. At least I don't think I do. And I'm actually okay with it. I always claim my exciting years were in my 20s. You know, when I worked full time so I could travel part time. I would often work eight months and then I'd travel for sometimes one up to two months. It was a great trade-off and I really enjoyed it. And I don't think I really realized that till after the fact, which is a shame. But now that I'm in my mid-30s and a teacher, my highlights, honestly, are countdowns to summer vacation. Because otherwise, I'm actually usually pretty tired. I think at this point, and thinking on this question, I think I could break it down into various situations. I've been asked either that exact question or something similar. So let's unpack those. Situation one, when going to eat. Who do you eat with? In full disclosure, before we jump into this, I am a fast food junkie. I don't eat in sit-down restaurants often. And maybe my singlehood has attributed to that. I'm not sure. But I once did go out on a date with a guy. And we ate at a really small restaurant. And looking back on it, I feel like it was just too small. Space-wise. We were on this corner table... I had to sit on one side and he not sat, he didn't sit right beside me, but he sat almost kitty corner to me. So it wasn't quite a cross. It was very weird at the time. Um, but it was that uncomfortable moment when the check was going to be delivered. We both knew it. And so what did I do? Well, I awkwardly got up and went to the bathroom because I didn't know how to approach it. And 
till this day, I haven't been on enough dates to really be forward and just say, let's go 50-50. But I came back and and blessed this kind man's heart. He had paid for it, which I was grateful for because I would not have handled that experience very well. Um, And I have yet to be brave and eat a sit-down meal by myself. I don't know if I ever will be. I thought about it a couple of times, but I don't know if I could do it. I'm a people watcher personally, so I would for sure notice someone eating by themselves. So I do not want to be that person that everyone's looking at. So who do I eat with? Well, myself. (laughs) I'm not an adventurous eater, so when I want a burger for the second night in a row, I can eat it. It's a beautiful thing to not have to choose a restaurant based on multiple opinions. So my ranking for this, I don't think I'm missing eating out with someone. I don't think that's something I miss being in this season of single. Situation two, when traveling, who do you travel with? I have been fortunate and I have traveled to 20 countries in my life and I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity. I do often think God kept me single because of that. He, he knew he would provide me with these travel opportunities that many don't get and going solo made it a lot easier. Because I was single, I was able to hop on a plane to the London Olympics after winning a free flight Because I had no commitments and my job was very kind to give me two weeks off. However, I do look back on my travels and at times wish I had another person to travel with. Because I would often be back in my accommodations by 8pm at the latest. Because I didn't feel safe as a single female wandering around in the evenings. Not that I went to any really sketchy places. I also do wish someone could share in those adventures with me because now if I do ever get married or I do ever have kids it'll be pictures and my memories which man I often fear will fade does anyone else worry about that but those will be how I share the stories pictures memories the story of that time I went whale watching in Sydney and puked the whole time No one was there sitting laughing at me, except the crewmates. They were found it pretty funny. I also turn into a much quieter person traveling solo, so I really don't meet new people or do too many intense adventures. If I had a man with me, I would for sure feel safer to take risks and probably talk more because I wouldn't feel threatened if some creeper is going to talk to me. And traveling solo as a man would probably be completely different. Maybe still wishing to share the adventures with someone, but I do think that males have it a little easier um, in terms of traveling. So, who do I travel with? Me. (laughs) And God. And I know that sounds super lame, but it's so true. I often felt so close to God while traveling Because the whole experience was really courtesy of him. You know, the nature, 
the finances I could achieve, the chance things that I encountered and found. I knew it was just God and I when I was on the road and had full confidence he'd carry me through. I really did. I didn't have anyone else to talk to, so I would talk to God. So what's my ranking? I think I maybe miss out on certain travels because I'm single. I would love to have a big strong man to travel with me, do hikes with me, and if he could be a good swimmer so I feel more confident in the ocean, great. Heck, if he was willing to go 50-50 on costs too, that'd be super. Situation number three. When wanting to blow off steam, what do you do for fun? I am not sure why people have a hard time thinking singles don't have fun because they don't have a significant other. And for sure, a lot of my married friends say to me, oh, don't worry, it's so much more fun being single, which is a whole different subject because you always, you often, not always, often want what you don't have. So to hear a married person tell me you want to stay single because it's way more fun, often I can't see that when you're saying that to me. So it's that tricky balance of not saying my life is great when you know perfectly well I want something else. That's just a rabbit trail we could go down another time. But for sure, at times, we are limited. You know, reflecting on my last episode, some people, for some reason, seem to only want to hang out with couples. So that limits my options. I 100% believe it is easier to do things when there's another person. But I also 100% believe they don't have to be a significant other. I have a very dear friend who's been a real champ when it comes to hanging out with me. Um, We hang out once a week and record a podcast. She's the one I text the most and she's always there when I have this crazy idea of doing something and is usually game to do it. I'm super, I'm grateful beyond belief for that and that person. And I mean, everyone sees fun differently. For me, sports are fun. I love playing volleyball And I need more than just one person to play that. So a significant other, a man, isn't needed. For me, hiking is fun. This is tricky because my friends and family have their own lives. So often they can't take the same time off as me. And as a teacher, I have a limited set of vacation days. So maybe at times here in this situation of hiking... I do wish I had a significant other to go on adventures in the mountains with because he'd take the time off when I had it off. We'd be in sync that way. And for others, probably married people or couples, such activities as date nights, cuddling, um, well, I'll say it, sex, and in-depth conversations, those are fun. That's what they do for fun. I can't do any of those single. Date nights, yeah, I have nobody to even go out with, so I can't do those. 
I also think they'd be awkward. So don't always feel I'm missing out in that situation. Um, cuddling or sex, obviously not. Conversations. I thought about this one for a little bit. And I'm going to say it. I don't think I can fully do this as a single person. And some people may argue with me on that. I'm not a phone person, um, which may be part of the issue. So I don't feel comfortable calling even my closest friend to talk on the phone. I'm a texter. That's just who I am. And I don't think true, honest and open conversations can happen through text because you're interpreting it maybe in the wrong way. I don't have someone to come home to. I mean, I love my roommate and she is a absolute gem in catching up on our days. We usually talk every day. Um, but I don't have someone to come home to and just spew whatever is on my mind. I'm often alone. My roommate's also very busy. So she does her own thing and I do my own thing and we may not see each other all the time. So what do I do for fun? Honestly, I do whatever my group of friends does. I hang out with my parents, to be honest. So my ranking? I think there are lots of places where a significant other would help me have fun. I do. But I also really love my group hangouts. And it's easier to get into those groups as a single human. It's not two for the price of one. Section four. When looking to talk, who do you confide in? Growing up, I had this really great um, girlfriend who started dating another friend of ours. And... I would say my friend had rough teenage years, um, but we went through them together. You know, I would often be the one to hold her hand and encourage her while she was in her lows. So she ended up getting engaged to this guy, and I do remember having some issue with it. They got engaged fast, and I felt like she completely ditched me for this guy. And just as a side note... Those getting married or starting to date, please don't forget about your friends that were your friends prior to that other person. Absolutely, we're all adults and we can handle it. But when a friend ditches you for, in in this situation, a man, it does hurt. And I don't know if the person in the relationship always realizes what they're doing. Rose-colored glasses, I think is the saying. They're wearing those and that's all they see. But just be aware of that if you do end up getting married or dating someone. But back on track. So on the night of a barbecue at someone's house, I gave her a wedding magazine. Um, Gift giving is one of my love languages. And I was like, this shows I support them. This shows I'm on board. But she literally was like, thanks, and then ran off. She didn't open it. I don't know what it was, but I think it was at that moment I kind of accepted we weren't as tight as we used to be. I had been replaced. And so it was a little uncomfortable because leading up to her wedding, I kind of just felt, I don't really know where I fit. 
And I, I have this clear memory after they were engaged, after my you ditched me feelings wore off, that it was actually a huge blessing. I had been involved in a lot and I think walking beside her and us walking together through teenage years, it really played a toll on me. Um, and that makes it sound sound negative, but just to be clear, like, I'm very grateful for this friend and everything we went through. We were friends for a long time and still are friends, although we talk maybe once a year. But now that she had this man in her life that was replacing me, it was no longer just me trying to support her. It was no longer my job to be her sounding board. It's a weird feeling. But I for sure wish I had a man to be my sounding board sometimes these days. Men are probably, obviously not always, more level-headed for you to get stuff off your chest with. I Heck, I'd take a great guy friend even. It doesn't have to be a husband. On the flip side, I also hold things close to my chest. I don't open up to anyone that much um, because of fear I fear judgment and I fear a loss of a friendship if they knew some stuff about me. And I know that's not healthy. I do. I know. I know. <laughs> um, and I think you can probably guess where I'm going with this one. The person I confide in most is God. Recently, I was praying to God about some sin I've been struggling with and how I can overcome it. Often they say you need to share that with a friend not all of us are comfortable with that, so we usually keep it inside. But I was sitting on my floor, and honestly, I was just talking, as if a friend was in the room. Then I had this, I want to call it revelation, which sounds so dramatic, but it was like a moment of clarity came over me on how to view this sin and how to involve God into the battle. Too often we try to handle stuff inwardly and by ourselves. I am 100% guilty of that. I do think if you can have a friend or two that can pray for you, um, a friend or two that know your pain and share in it, it's incredibly healthy and helpful. But when something is so big, the only direction it can go is upward. Man, aren't we fortunate to have a God who listens without judgment and perhaps offers the best help we can get. I love the idea that Jesus was fully God, but also fully man. You know, he was tempted. And we think of the obvious ones in John 4. He got tired. God fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep on the boat. He got angry. He flipped the tables in the temple. These are all feelings I've had and struggle with daily. So who do I confide in? My God. He already knows it. So nothing is surprising. And I cannot help but think he's got the solutions ready to dole out when I ask. My ranking? I think having an at-home sounding board would be great. Someone who keeps your secrets and tells you theirs. But I also think there is value in girl friendships. I had a married friend once say that you cannot solely rely on your husband to be your friend. Otherwise, you'll always feel like you're missing something. There are certain things only your girlfriends or guy friends can understand 
and speak into. But my ultimate relationship is with God. And my relationship status, be it single, dating, or married, does not change that. So, what do you do? I do all kinds of things. I struggle with all kinds of things. But my relationship doesn't limit me. I'm, I say that and I also have to follow it up with, well, wait. It does in certain ways. There are certain things I do think I need a significant other. But when it comes to the important things, I honestly don't believe being single affects that. God has put me in this season for a reason. I almost feel like I have to rap and say treason or something like that. But what I do in this season is up to him and me. I obviously would not reject having someone else to do things with. But for now, I'll take my great group of friends and I'll feed into those relationships. The rest? It's out of my hands. I used to close off with sarcastic responses, but instead I think I'm going to close with a quote by a very wise man. I went skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. And I loved deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. Tim McGraw.